Hey guys, it's Joe. I had to wait 300 years for a virgin to light a candle. What's up guys, it's Eric. How many times I gotta tell you, my name's not Ernie no more, it's Ice. From Walt Disney Pictures, Max didn't believe in magic. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. Until he discovered three real witches. Hello. Now he'll try every trick in the book to turn them around. Yes! Cool them off. It's hot, it's hot. And wash them out before they run amok. Pocus Pocus. Rated PG. You're listening to Worth a Leafy, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they, see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. What's new, Joe? Nothing much, Eric. It's, as you know, it's the Halloween season, so we have our movies picked, but I've also been binging a ton on my own. <laughs> nice, nice. That's that's good. I've been watching a lot of TV, too, out lately. I'm on, on vacation this week, and I can't go anywhere, so I've been watching more TV than I normally do. So that, that's good. Yeah, but... Shell, are you familiar with Shell Factory? They put out some movies. Um, phys- usually, like, they put a lot of fan-favorite films on physical media, and they recently put out the Friday the 13th box set with every movie. It's like the definitive edition as of right now. And You know I wouldn't watch that. I know you wouldn't. I was actually thinking about picking one of those because I was watching them anyways. I was like, I'm not going to bother putting Eric through that. So. <laughs> I would watch it because that's the rules, but I wouldn't but, be excited about it. <laughs> it's pretty cool because the third movie came out in 3D years and years and years ago in theaters. But it's been like, um, so real quick, for people who don't know, I am one of the very few fans of 3D movies. If they're done right, I will admit there's a lot of shitty films that just kind of are gimmicky. But when they're done yeah. right, they are very, very good. Avatar has been like the obvious choice for like depth in <clears throat> 3D films. But um, Friday the 13th Part 3 has been like this unicorn in the 3D world forever. Like people wanted forever. There's bootlegs of it. And that's the only way you could have got it up until Shout got the licensing and they put out the three version and it's awesome because this movie franchise has been in limbo with different like licensing issues between co-creators for a while now. So it's no one could be put, no one could put out movies and no one could touch it. So it's been like this court legal battle for a while now. So it's kind of nice to see those all together on physical media again, especially the 3d version. I'm convinced. I don't know if I've told you this, but you brought up avatar. I'm convinced that my wife, like dated someone in avatar and had a bad breakup or something because she hates that movie. Like, if you bring up Avatar, she gets like, she's like, that movie sucks. And it's like, <laughs> like I, I'm I, Avatar is obviously not aimed at. It's not my type of movie, but I saw it and I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool movie. I enjoyed it. You know, like I, I don't want to. I'm not gonna buy the DVD, but I enjoyed it. And if you bring it up around Bree, she's like, that Avatar sucks. The movie's stupid. I'm like, did you like ex boyfriend produce Avatar or something? But I can't remember who the musician is. I'll probably think of it as we're going through the podcast, but my dad has a musician that's like that, where if you bring him up, I, oh, it's Bruce Springsteen. My dad, like, I remember from being a kid, my dad hates Bruce Springsteen. And I always, now now looking back, I'm like, I feel like Bruce Springsteen like stole one of my dad's girlfriends or or, or something like that. He, he 
because it's not just like he's like yeah you know, it's not my thing my dad's like i hate Bruce. but now he denies it because i make fun of him for it and, I, and i'm like did you steal one of your girls or something he's like i i don't have a problem with bruce springsteen i'm like yeah you do you well, that's a buckless concert, so you can tell your dad eventually when that when he goes back and tour in the normal world, you're gonna be like, "Dad, seeing Bruce Springsteen." So. I'm going. I'm, <laughs> I'm going. going. I love Bruce Springsteen. So. Audio too, and that's a buckless concert. Yep. But so. Avatar, though, I can. It's Avatar is like, I like it for the technical achievement more than the actual story for sure. The story's just like, it's a bunch of different films merged in one. Like the whole thing, the joke is like Pocahontas, Ferengali, This is with the wolves. It's like a bunch of movies. Like it's not really original, but it's. I love the no, technical no, no. achievement of it more than anything else. So it's I get that. <laughs> and that's how I feel about it. So if you were gonna say Avatar on a scale of one to ten, I get that she's not gonna give it like an eight or a nine or a ten or even a seven. If she gave it a six or a five or a four, I'd be like, Yeah, you know, whatever, it's fine. But she's like it's a negative one. Like she she I'm like, there's there's gotta be a story there. I don't know what I don't know what it is, but um, you know what I watched um yet uh yesterday that I had seen already, but I had seen already and I really, I remember really enjoying it and thinking it was a good film, but it was just on TV yesterday. So I started watching it and I was like, oh, wow, this, I forgot how good this movie was. It's 42, the Jackie Robinson movie. Yes. Yep. And I think that I just got sucked in watching it. And I think it might be for me, like now the gold standard when it comes to a sports movie that's telling a true story. So like, especially a biography, like a, a, a biopic of, of a, of an athlete. I, I just really, really, really enjoyed it. And honestly, it had, although it is sad that Bozeman just passed, it had nothing to do with that. Like I, I wasn't watching it thinking like, Oh man, you know, I wasn't giving it any bonus points because right. he just passed. I was just, I just happened to get sucked in and, I was like, I don't. I knew I liked this movie, but I, I don't think I gave it the love that that I, I should have. But and then I the really, other, I just really like that. But is it factual to Robinson's story? Like, I love the movies itself. But like, I'm not really sure. If, uh, you probably would know more than me how factual it is to his life. I think like any like any biopic, there's some things that are stretched or some things that are probably toned down. He, he probably went through some things that were a lot worse than what they show in the film, and then there are other things that are exaggerated. I um i i think it's more factual than like rudy or something you know which i love rudy don't get me wrong i grew up with that movie but um yeah i think i think it's pretty factual but yeah there's there's they definitely take some liberties i'm sure but not enough where it it hurts it to me and then the other thing the bad news thing is so we've been talking about how Bree and I have been, re- have been watching Mindhunter. So we finished season one, which is all she had seen. I hadn't seen it, but we finished that. Now we're on to season two. And we're we're like maybe like four or five episodes into season two. And I'm pretty bummed out because from what I can see, a possible season three to Mindhunter is kind of up in limbo. It hasn't been canceled or anything, but there aren't any set plans for the third season yet because david fincher is working on some other projects and he seems to kind of be more focused on those so mindhunter is not his his top priority and it sucks because i'm like really liking the show and and it and it, it's like the black donnelly's thing it's it's so it's so well done and and it's extra frustrating when you when you get into a show that you you like and it gets maybe one or two seasons it's extra frustrating when you see the garbage that's out on tv it gets like 14 seasons (laughs) and you're like you know i guess i guess that this was supposed to be 
they the story is like five seasons long in an ideal world that they get full and it sucks because like you see what they're trying to set up and whatever and and we although we haven't finished the second season yet where no there's no way and many loose ends get tied up in the next five episodes or whatever it is so you just re- i really hope it, it gets a chance to to tell its story see that's the problem with some of these like big directors directing tv shows it happened with the get down as well on netflix with Baz Luhrmann. he yep. did the one season of the two parts and then other than the fact that it was an expensive show but he's also really busy so it's like all these things with like these busy directors, they can't keep up with a show when, you know, a movie is their focus in the end. Right. Especially when, I mean, I don't know anything about it, but I can imagine how if you're like David Fincher and you're like, Oh yeah, this show's pretty cool. And then someone else goes, Hey, I'll give you $30 million to, or whatever, you know, whatever right. to produce this movie. He's like, all right, see you later, Netflix. <laughs> it's been real, but I'm out. Yeah. Netflix is of late or networks in general, with the whole COVID thing, they've been reverse... Re, shows are already renewed. They're actually reverse canceling a lot of them now. I think there's up there up to 10 shows right now because of COVID. Or seven shows out of the 10 are because of COVID that yeah. have been canceled right now. It's insane. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. But, oh well. What are you going to do, you know? Yeah. So, as you guys probably heard from the, the trailer, we're going to be talking about the 1993 classic Hocus Pocus today. It was my pick. And to go along with that, we'll put the picture up on Instagram later, but we're drinking, or I'm drinking Season of the Witch Hazy and Juicy IPA from True North Brewing, which is in Ipswich, Mass., which Bree and I drive by all the time because we, we'll go down to like Rockport and Ipswich and whatever. And I've honestly never stopped there. I've had some of their beer before, but this is very good. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like a really is like a hazy, juicy IPA, which I don't normally think of with like fall weather but it's it's delicious so credit to uh true north brewing and like i said i picked this one i kind of grew up with this movie um probably because it's local it's not that scary so i'm i'm down (laughs) it's like my my version of a halloween movie and i think that that's the thing is it's a halloween movie it's not a horror movie um but um what's your memory of it what do you think of when you think of hocus pocus so i remember the old Disney Channel originals, when Disney Channel was awesome back in the day, they would have like their original movies they would play, and during the Halloween season, they would play this, Halloween Town, and stuff like all these great movies that I really miss. So, thinking about it, thinking about this movie, always brings me back to the old Friday night Disney originals on the Disney Channel. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's it's probably going to offend true horror movie fans, but this is like my halloween or, or it has it was a halloween season movie for a lot of my life I, I don't remember seeing this in theaters but i probably did my mother who doesn't really have an opinion either way on many films she really likes it um she loves the part i thought of it as soon as i we, i saw it um i was like oh my god my, my mother yeah, is when uh bet midler's character is like when when winifred's like Another beautiful morning makes me sick or something like that. I can't remember exactly what she says, but my mom always loved that part. So, um, and as I rewatched it today, I, I was, as an adult, I was noticing, and I, I think this is like how to hit the sweet spot for movies aimed at kids where there are actors that adults like my parents age or parents age, well, our age now, but 
adults recognize, especially Ben Midler. And then there were jokes that went over our head at the time, but our moms and, and our parents got them. And at the, and then there's also like a ton of 99% of it's aimed at kids with like, obviously the child, the child actors, the animal it's, so it's, it's, it's a well done. There's kind of, it's kind of like the formula for a kid's movie, a well done kid's movie to me. Yeah. And watching it now, it's funny because you really do relate to every witch at different part of your life. <laughs> like looking at it now, like as a kid, I was always 100%. I was like, okay, so Jessica Parker's character, uh, Sarah is like what I relate, what I relate to attitude wise and personality wise as a, as a kid. Now watching, I'm like, man, I'm like, I hate these little, I hate these kids, man. So I'm like, it's like you really do oh. find a witch where like you relate to at a different age level. Oh, so I, when, when Bree and I bought our house, the first, we bought in August. So like one of the first, the first real holiday we had, or no, we bought in April, but the first real holiday that we had where you would really do anything was, was uh, Halloween. And I was so excited the first year we had Halloween. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I went out and I bought like, you know, five giant bags of candy. And we live in a neighborhood where it's, there's a lot of kids and it's one of those neighborhoods where they bring kids from other neighborhoods, come into our neighborhood to trick or treat. Cause it's like very walkable. There's a lot of houses. So I was so excited about it. And I now hate Halloween more than anyone because these little kids are such assholes and they, I was like, you know, you you walk out with like a bag of like Reese's or Snickers and the kid's like, oh, you got Snickers. I want Reese's. You got Reese's. I want Snickers. Or like you, you tell them to take one and they try to take a handful. They don't say thank you. They just like walk up, grab it and walk out. And since then, so that was 2013 when we bought the house. It's been a battle every year. This year, trick-or-treating is canceled where we live because of COVID, which I don't want that, but um, other than this year, it's been a battle every year. And I think a few of them, Bree is end up, she ends up doing the trick or treating herself because I can't take it. Like I can't, the kids are such assholes. So yeah, I, 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 uh, I couldn't deal with it. But so you are a Winifred. <clears throat> yeah. I'm like, I'm a Scrooge. Like if the, I'm a Halloween Scrooge. <clears throat> I hate it. And, 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 it stinks because I really was excited for it. And every once in a while you'll get a kid who's like very polite or what I like even more than that is a kid who's not polite and the parent is there and the parents like, Joe, what do you say? And like, it makes them say yeah. thank you or whatever. It's like, I'm not, you don't, you don't need to like tell me I'm like good looking. I just want you to say like, like trick or treat <laughs> and then say like thank you and or have a good night or anything just be don't just come up and expect free food but that's enough of a grumpy old man rant <clears throat> uh, i'll get back to those around christmas time when we do the christmas movies <laughs> do you have any stats for uh how the movie did financially uh, yeah this movie came out right in time for halloween on july 16th 1993 um Saw that. <laughs> yeah what, what a release date it's like <laughs> I, did you see why that is no Oh, I, I have I have a read. There's a reason for that. Oh, good, okay. Uh, it had a budget of 28 million, making 42.6 million in the box office. It was written by David Kirshner, who has created a ton of animated classics such as uh, Five Goes West, American Tales, yep. and Stephen Haft. And it was directed by Kenny Ortega, who, while created this movie, which is considered a classic, is probably known for many dancing films he's been a part of, including High School Musical. He's wow. And how did it do? How did it do? You said. It did. I mean, it did pretty well. It's 
it, I think it, it's one of those movies that's definitely done better. Definitely, its, it's legacy is it's right. Long term, yes. Right. Yeah. It made twenty. <clears throat> it was a budget had a budget of twenty eight million in the box. Uh, a budget of twenty million and it made forty two point six million in the box office. Yeah. So, so not it, great. Right. So like you said, it's it's legacy is living on through physical media and TV reruns and so forth. Yeah, I I think that that's probably because it didn't really have. Well, when we get into the fun facts, we'll talk about one thing that would have brought this to another level. But it didn't really have a face like a child actor that would grab kids' attention. It had Bette Midler for the parents, but that's really it. Yeah, and like I'm I'm curious when we get to it, but July 16th, even as a kid, I probably wouldn't be like, I want to go see a Halloween film on July 16th. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's a whole other. That's a whole other thing. Um, as far as what people thought of it, so. 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. That makes sense. That's right about where I would have guessed it would have been. Yeah. Did you see what it was on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. <laughs> 37 on Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, what? Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think this movie's the greatest or even great, but 37 is pretty low. Yeah. People are coming back as adults who just like, just over the first time giving a review after all the hype surrounding it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I wondered too, I, and I, as I was reading that and just looking into other people's opinion of this movie, and we'll get into our scores later, I don't think this is the greatest movie ever made, but I enjoy this movie. And I was trying to figure out how much of it was because we are from Massachusetts and it's like, you know, it's a local, like I've been to a lot of the places. We'll get into that a little bit later too, but this is, it's a local movie to us. So I wonder if we give it some, some bonus points or whatever, but. So 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. And you mentioned the sisters just a minute ago. So I wanted to, I, Roger Ebert gave it one star. Really? Which, I, yes. didn't know, I didn't see that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he gives it one star. That's fine. But here's his criticism. I took this from, this is a quote from his review of the movie. Of the film's many problems, the greatest may be that all three witches are thoroughly unpleasant. They don't have personalities. They have behavior patterns and decibel levels. I was like, I could not disagree with that more. I thought the witches were, yeah, they're witches, so they're not going to be, they're not supposed to be nice, but I thought they had a ton of personality. I mean, I, I don't know. No, but, yeah, like they, like, I thought so too. That's why people compare the, themselves to which, like, to which they are now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't get that. I, I was when I, when I saw the one star, I was like, all right, that's a little shocking. That's that's pretty low, Raj. Yeah. But um. Oh, well. So some other things that were going on in the world. Um, I, I, there was a bunch of new stuff. A lot of it was sports related and it was like, oh, Ken Griffey Jr. hits a home run, you know, Kirby Puckett hits a home run. Um, so I, and then the other stuff was negative um, political stuff and all that. So I'm just going just gonna to stick to the film releases that came out in July of 93. So Free Willy released the same day. So right there, that that's gonna shoot you in the in the foot as far as, you know, you're bringing a you're you're two parents, you're bringing your two kids who are nine and ten years old to the theaters on Friday. What are you gonna see? You're going up against an animal movie that <clears throat> was pretty successful, I think. And uh, so that that's part of it. So it was July 16th, same night. Also, movies, other movies that came out in July of '93: Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Coneheads. So I married. So I married an axe murder with Mike Myers, Rookie of the Year, a Worth Lefee alumni film. 
and then Poetic Justice with Tupac and uh, Janet Jackson. So pretty, I think for a summer month, that's pretty light, but you know, not, not the worst. Um, do you have the back of the DVD summary? I do. After moving to Salem, Mass, teenager Max Dennison explores an abandoned house with his sister, Danny, and their new friend, Allison. After dismissing a story, Allison tells as uh, superstitious, Max accidentally frees a coven of evil witches who used to live in the house. Now, with the help of, ma- of a magical cat, the kids must steal the witch's book of spells to stop them from becoming immortal. I almost just did like my pet peeve. I was confused as to whether or not I was muted or unmuted. And I almost, I was muted. And I almost unmuted myself and took a big gulp of beer right into, <laughs> right into See, the microphone. I was confused for a second too. I was talking for a second at the, right before the reading. I was like, wait a second, I'm muted, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was almost like, you would have been like, and the witches are freed, and then you would have heard me like. <laughs> so <laughs> virtual I'm world, man, still getting used to it. <laughs> yep, still getting used to it. And this beer, again, True North uh, True North Ale Company, Season of the Witch, very good. So, you know, I can't, I can't help it. What are you going to do? And again, I, as someone who reviews beer by the covers, it's a great cover. Great it beer is. art. It great is. Great beer art. <laughs> it is. And it, the, only, the only thing I would change is I was trying to take a picture of it next to the DVD today, and... So like I can show you, Joe. So the true north, the real art is the logo and the the gravestone. See, yes. but then what I need to show to put it next to the movie is the season of the witch IPA, right. and so I, it's not all visible in one the shot. Best parts but, missing, <clears throat> right? Or it's like the two best parts can't be seen Together. at the same time. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so. Um, the major cast members going into this movie. So I broke this down into two two sections. We have the witches, so Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimi, and then the kids, uh, Omri Katz, Vanessa Shaw, and uh, Thora Birch. So, witches first. Bette Midler, biggest biggest name in the film by far. Her career has been going on for a long time, and it's been, you know, TV. Uh, film, stage, music, like recorded albums. So it's a lot to cover. So I'm just going to focus on just film for now. And I'm going to kind of narrow it down to the time that's relatively close to 93. So because we could spend two hours talking about Bette Midler's career. So um, she had Beaches in, in 88, Scenes from a Mall in 91, For the Boys in 91, which she got a Best Actress nomination for. Hocus Pocus in 93, Get Shorty in 95, First Wives Club in 96, and on and on and on. If you if you have time, you should really look at her career accomplishments and it's 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 almost overwhelming because she does a little she does a lot of everything. So like I said, you got to look at her film, her stage, her TV, and her music and she's very good at all of them. So it's a lot to take in, but um she is a woman that i don't like talking about because i'm not as familiar with her work as i probably should be just i think because of my age and for our parents generation she's one of those people where like if they find out that you haven't seen one of her best films or you aren't familiar with this part of her work they they can't believe it like it's it's 
it's nuts to them. So like if you were to be like, if they asked you to name Bette Midler movies and you could only name four of them, they're like, that, that, that's insane. It's because to that generation, she's so iconic. But um, <clears throat> so this is just a, a small role compared to some of her other movies, but a, a pretty good one. So um, Sarah Jessica Parker, one of the other witches, one of the other witches, obviously best known for sex in the city, at least to, to our generation, but she was in film too. So she started in 84 in 1984. She had footloose and firstborn. <clears throat> Those that was her first year in film. Later, she had uh, LA story in 91 honeymoon in Vegas in 92 hocus pocus in 93 Ed Wood in 94 first wives club in 96 and so on. And like we said, she did a lot of sex in the city and then came back for that film. And then also wanted to give kudos to her and Matthew Broderick for having the rare and seemingly normal Hollywood relationship and marriage. So points for that. Yep. <laughs> um, and then Kathy Najimy, uh, who I think, well, we'll get into it later, but I, she, I, I really, I really liked her in, in the film. She played Mary and my wife would be, would be upset if I didn't point out that she's a, she's a Lebanese American. So my like my wife, so points for that. Uh, one of those actresses has kind of been around getting work, paying the bills for a long time. I really like her in this film. I really like her in general. Uh, Sister, Act, Sister Act in 92, Hocus Pocus in 93, Rat Race in 01. And the, her big thing was that she voiced Peggy on uh, King of the Hill from 97 to 2010. I didn't realize that that show was on that long. But Yeah, I didn't until recently, actually. And like, continually got i know it's either good reviews throughout the entire series like i never like fizzled out like people loved it right from the right until the end which is awesome right right so that's a, that's a good run so um so those are the witches and then for the kids real quick so uh max was played by omri Katz. and if i'm pronouncing that name i'm sorry but not really because that's a that's a what a name um he never really made it big after this um, he was in this. He did some TV appearance on Zorro, the TV show. He was in an episode of Freaks and Geeks. But his big run was on the the TV show Dallas from 83 to 91. He was in 149 episodes. So that's kind of his claim to fame more than, more than Hocus Pocus. Vanessa Shaw, who played Allison, Max's love interest, total babe. And I can say that because I was like eight when this movie came out, so it's not weird. Uh, Ladybugs in 92. Hocus Pocus in 93, uh, LA without a map in 98. And then she was asked to be an eyes wide shot in 99 while she was attending college. And from what I read, it seemed like she was kind of up in the air if she was going to pursue film or go down a different path. And she decided to, to really take a run at the acting thing. And she, since then she's had a pretty good run. So she has some film Hills have eyes, 40 days, 40 nights, etc., and some TV uh, her biggest TV run is she's on Ray Donovan on Showtime. I didn't, I don't, I haven't watched that show, but she's on that. So <clears throat> she's had a pretty successful career. She's steady work, you know, and like I said, total babe. Thor Birch, one of the eighties slash nineties child actors that kind of jumps out whenever you see her. She was in, I recognize her from Patriot games and uh clear and present danger, the Jack Ryan films. Um, also obviously in this, she was in monkey trouble, American beauty, and then a not so fun fact that I, well, it's not necessarily not fun if she's cool with it, but so her parents have been her manager since she was six years old and they still are, I think, or maybe not now because she's probably like 40, but or 30 something, but 
Um, both of her parents are former adult film actors or stars. How weird is that? Yeah. How weird is that? But yeah, so that's about it. Not going to lie, Eric. Monkey Trouble was a contender the same week I was going to pick Dustin Checks in. So just say, just, just try it. Please, please no. Please no. Um, I have some random facts, but before I get into those, you want to give me the random facts you have on the, the sequel, the hopefully upcoming sequel? Yeah, so it's, it's been rumored forever. And back in August, there was a little more insight. So the director of Hairspray, uh, the 2007 film, the remake, uh, he's going to be the one directing the sequel. And he gave a little insight on where he wants to go and so forth. But nothing's really been confirmed other than the fact that it's probably going to, well, it's not even confirmed for this, but it's probably rumored even more so that's going to be premiering on Disney+. Plus. But he also mentioned, there's another update in September where they said that while no sisters, the Santa sisters are, are confirmed, they are they have all shown interest that they want to come back for a sequel. So that makes sense. Leave it at that, right? So it's like, it's so very much in the, up in the air, but a sequel is greenlit and it is going to happen. Just a matter of one. Well, that you saying that the Sanderson sisters are, are all on board kind of ties in with one of my random facts, which is Bette Midler, who I think out of the three Sanderson sisters would probably be the hardest to get, I would think, because she has the most going on. She said that in 2008, she said that this was her favorite movie of all of her films that she's worked on. It's her favorite. So that makes sense. It should be on board. And she also has, it might have already aired or might be coming up. I don't quite know. She has a virtual script reading with this movie to raise money for charity. So she is That's still awesome. very much on board. Yeah, she loved character. it. Yep. Yeah. So my random facts, before I get into the stuff about like who could have played who and whatever, my first random fact is it's about me because this is our podcast and I do what I want. I got married in the room where... Ooh. Yeah, yeah, not a big deal. Pretty much a celebrity. I got married in the room uh, where they have like the dance where the parents are all dressed up and the parents are partying hard. A little too, a little, it was a little concerning how the fact that they left the next morning at like 6 a.m. I was like, are you guys doing some cocaine? Yeah? But um, yeah, so I got married at the, it's called the Salem Old Town Hall. It's owned by one of the colleges locally, but it's a beautiful old building. When I got married, it was, 847 degrees in the building because <laughs> there's no air conditioning and we got married at the end of august thought it wouldn't be a problem but what are you gonna do so i'm gonna say real quick first i want to say it was a beautiful wedding all right it was, hey, I go many weddings, it was beautiful second of all that's also my, my least favorite scene so i'm just gonna throw that up in the air now. one of your least favorite <laughs> yes i i agree with that okay i agree with that i have <laughs> i like it because i like i'm like oh that like i've seen i'm like oh i've been there and whatever but i agree with you that's fine. <laughs> so anyways, moving on to the, the Hollywood stuff. So we talked earlier about how Hocus Pocus was released in July, and that makes no sense, right? So the reason for that is Disney chose to release this film in July so that it didn't compete against their other Halloween-themed film that was coming out in October, Nightmare Before Christmas. That makes so, sense. Yep. Yes. Okay. And like, as you said that competing as another film from this, I know exactly where you're going with this. That, yeah. all, that makes sense. Right. So they, although it's weird, I think they probably looked at Nightmare Before Christmas and they're like, we have more money invested in this. It's also probably a bigger, going to be a bigger financial hit. We don't want to split the, the audience. So uh, 
hocus pocus you're going on, you're the you're the little brother you're going in you're coming on in july so uh so that's that explains that here's some other things that now even coming on in july tell me how much this would have changed things the role of max was offered to young leonardo Di leonardo dicaprio he turned it down to make what's eating gilbert great so good call Leo, oh, yeah. even though I like this movie, good call. Um, but if they had someone like him, like Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, or I know he what this guy wasn't as relevant at this point quite yet, but even like a Jonathan Taylor Thomas, like someone like that, I think the movie would have done better financially as well. Yeah, someone you like, you know, like almost like a Beatles act, like you said, like someone who you you recognize face wise and be like, okay, right. that is a familiar looking face, like that's a familiar looking actor. But like you said, this character, Omer, Omer, whatever his name was, I can't remember what his name was, but he yeah. just kind of like, I, I still like watching this album. Like, Omri, I still his name's picture. Omri Joe. Omri, okay, you, yeah. Omri, if you watch this, or listen to this, I'm, I apologize. Um, he's, he's working in Burger King right now. Let's <laughs> maybe look up you for a sponsor. Yeah. But uh, no, like just said, kidding, like, Armory. <laughs> we got this all out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, like you said, though, watching this, like I think that would have been a huge like we have that witches who are carried to the adult audience, and we should have had a kid who was carried to the kid audience for sure. Right. They needed to. What they should have done, and maybe they did. They should have got the last fifteen editions of Teen Beat magazine, and and just picked like a hunky child actor from and, and you know that kids know and put them in there but anyway so uh also another casting possibility j-lo jennifer lopez another we talked a lot about j-lo and anaconda one of the greatest films ever reviewed on uh worth the late fee j-lo scores <laughs> j-lo auditioned for the role of sarah sanderson so that's sarah jessica parker's role i i don't I don't think that that would have worked. I think Sarah Jessica Parker was kind of perfect for this role. I'm sure there are other people you could find other people that it would have worked, but I don't see JLo <clears throat> being that. So no. this is, I thought this is a pretty cool being a little bit of a, a history geek. So speaking of Sarah Jessica Parker, so she plays a witch who was executed during the Salem witch trials while researching her family history for the show. Who do you think you are in 2004? So over 10 years later, Parker was shocked to discover that her 10th great-grandmother, Esther Elwell, was arrested in Salem, Mass. in the late 1600s for committing sundry acts of witchcraft and choking a neighbor to death. Esther's case uh, never went to court. She escaped with her life and whatever. Um, and her and it ended the Salem witch trials. And but it, Parker said that it changed everything about like who she thought she was, who she, where she thought she came from. I was like, that's a pretty cool coincidence that you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and the last one I have is I almost made I I guess I pretty much made a note because I thought of it as soon as I looked at it. But this is file this under why, and I like this actress a lot. But this is why people don't like Hollywood people. So in a 2015 interview on Today. Uh, Kathy Najimi, so Kathy played Mary Sanderson, uh, said she was initially reluctant to take the role of Mary, afraid that she would offend real witches by stereotyping a fictitious fairy tale witch. It's like, Kathy, shut up. Like, I'm a big fan, but stop. Like, <laughs> is that what we're worried about now? You know what I mean? Like, 
So that's it. That's all I have. Yeah, that's all I have for fun facts. That wasn't a fun fact, that last one. but I... <laughs> You just have to laugh at it. It's craziness. But um, do you have anything written down for stuff that wouldn't fly in today's environment? I know we kind of talked about one thing before we started recording, but yes, go ahead. I don't think we'd hear the word virgin repeatedly in a Disney film in 2020. <laughs> I, we should go back and rewatch it. And I wonder how many times it has to be said at least 20 times. Yes. Which and for an hour and a half movie <laughs> it's, is it's like an hour and a half kids theme. movie. Yes. Yes, I had that written down too. I, I, I think that if this movie was made today, they would do something where they would leave it so that um, like parents could assume that's what they said. They would be like, it needs to be the, the candle needs to be lit by a boy who's pure or something like that. And, you know, and then you could be like, oh, does that mean he's innocent and a good kid? Or does that mean, you know, but yeah, it was, I didn't even have a problem with it. Well, I don't have a problem with it, but I, it didn't even jump out to me the first time they said it they say it so many times. And I actually incorporated this a little bit into my, and when I talk about Arlie's favorite scenes, whatever, but I'll throw it in here because it's just fitting now. In the dance scene, the fact that the mother's just as Madonna, I'm like, I'm not sure if it's a connection between like a virgin and like this, oh, but I was yeah. like, it just kind of hit me watching it now. I'm like, is this another virgin reference that we're slowly kind of implying here? <laughs> like, one, thing that I, one thing, I didn't write this down, but since you brought it up and you brought the mother's costume up, I don't remember exactly what the sequence is, but there's some some part in that scene where it's when um, Bette Midler, so when Winifred Sanderson is up on stage and she says something and then the camera goes down to the crowd and the mother is down in the front row with like her husband or whatever. And she's wearing the big, you know, Madonna like cone bra and she like fixes her bra. Like she, it's so, she just like, I don't, I don't know what the polite PC way to say this is, but she just like moves her boob over like, which I, I, that thing I'm sure was uncomfortable. I don't have boobs, but it didn't look that comfortable. But I was, as I was watching it, I was like, you guys couldn't have edited. Cause it was just, it wasn't a scene. It was just like a uh, action. In the song. Yeah. They could have just the had, side. they could have taken any part of them all lined up there and they, no one was saying anything. So, but uh, yeah, that was just funny. But yeah, no, I agree with you about the Virgin thing. Um, there was some nothing that really I don't think wouldn't fly because even that that's like that was just weird it wouldn't wasn't it wasn't offensive or anything but there were some jokes that were definitely aimed at the at adults um, like the bus driver sequence the husband who <clears throat> was like basically trying to get a threesome with Sarah Jessica Parker and uh, one of the other witches but even but nothing Allison he was a little weird <clears throat> wasn't it with Allison he was a little weird with Allison that was the first impression what which part? When they when he uh when they were first walking to the dance and he's like the Dracula is in character. He oh, takes Alice's yeah. hand and kisses it. Yeah, that was a little weird. That was a little weird. I'm like I'm thinking about that now. I'm like, <laughs> like that's that that'd be a weird first impression. <laughs> that was a little weird, but that's an unfortunately a very real thing that like the some dudes when they get to a certain age and they're like, Oh, like I clearly don't mean this in a creepy way because this girl's a third my age. It's like whatever. Yeah, I know that that was a little weird. I, it, but I mean, there wasn't anything that was, you know, sometimes you watch a movie from the nineties or eighties and you're like, Whoa, that was, that was way out of line. There wasn't anything like that. Um, if the film was made today, I think some of those would have been different. Um, 
I don't think they would have been as clear that the girls got hung in the beginning, the sisters. Like when they they show the whole thing and they show like their feet dangling for a kids movie, I was like, well, that's probably not how they would do it today. But (laughs) but other than that, it was pretty good. A bonus positive, um, and if you look this up, there's quite a few articles on this, and I only. this is really a knock on me because I only noticed this because I was getting mad at Max for not, you know, sticking up for himself, not sticking up for his sister. So I was being like a total, like, you know, toxic masculinity tool. But um, this is a great movie for strong female characters because so um, Allison sticks up for everyone before Max does. The three sisters are all funny, strong characters. Allison's a strong character. Danny, Thora Birch, the, the little sister, is like the toughest person in the movie. She's probably, honestly, I think the <clears> sound <throat> character in this movie. Right. One of the best actors, one of the best parts of this movie for sure. Right. So like I said, I noticed that watching it, and then, but then if you Google it, like if you Google Hocus Pocus ahead of its time or something like that, there's quite a few articles about how, I mean, obviously Sarah Jessica Parker, there's some stuff about how she's clearly a very attractive woman but there's a lot of like the sisters and 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 everything there's a lot of positive like female stuff in this movie that's not sex related and they're all strong tough people so that's cool that's good way ahead of its time yeah um what did you have i don't know if you said for favorite scene or least favorite scene but what did you have for favorite scene uh for favorite scene uh we just kind of talked about for a second i put i think that uh D- Danny is the strongest part, one of the strongest parts of this movie. She's the annoying little sister, but she's also independent enough where she doesn't have to be have her hand held the entire time. Yep. Um, but I love when Max goes back for his sister and rescues her. Speaking of which, <laughs> when he goes back and rescues her, um, and then sees the boys hanging out in cages, and instead of saving <laughs> them, he takes his shoes takes back shoes. and leaves the pricks there to die. <laughs> so it's yep. Like, so yep. like, what a savage move. I should like. I was actually gonna add. I should have added this to the things that wouldn't fly in this millennium. This movie came out today. He freed them and they run away. But nope, not Hocus Pocus. Yeah, he's like, you stole my shoes, bud. (laughs) You know, one thing since you brought that up, I was wondering is where is the cutoff in the witches for what a kid is? Because like they didn't smell Max and Allison as kids. They didn't smell the bullies as kids, which that makes sense because those bullies were 47 years old. That was another example of horrible 90s like <laughs> kid actor. But you know what I mean? Like it was like you had to be like a like under 10 or something. I don't know what the you had to be like a really like a, no teenagers. You had to be a kid kid. But um, yeah, I know that makes sense. Um, I think my favorite scene. I have kind of a favorite scene and then a bonus bonus thing, but. Uh, the final fight where I just really like that whole whole sequence. I love how Billy, the guy who was a dead former ex-boyfriend of one of the witches with his mouth sh- sewn shut, I love how he kind of turns on the witches once he can finally like unzip his, his mouth. Um, I love the, the image of, of Kathy Najimi on the vacuum because she they lost their... The kids took their actual flying brooms. Um, Max does stand up for himself and his sister. Um, and even though it's kind of brutal, I think to me as an animal guy, when you see the dead cat laying there, and more so when you see Thora Birch, when you see Danny like start crying, 
about how Banks is dead. I do like how they show that, um, what was his, Thackeray. That Thackeray Banks, like, now that he's freed, he goes to be with his, his sister. I thought that was pretty cool. <clears throat> so that was probably my favorite scene. And then the bonus point scene for me was film making wise, I love the transition in the beginning of it when you see the Sanderson sisters get hung and then it transitions right to this teacher telling the story of the Sanderson sisters. And that's a lot smoother than just saying like, and then 300 years later, you know what I mean? And, and it lets you know that the San, the story of the Sanderson sisters is known, at least in the, in the movie, it's known in Salem. It's just like, everyone knows that story, which right. they keep going back to like the cop or the fake cop knows the Sanderson stories. Like everyone knows it. Yeah, no, that comes off in the beginning. It's the best example of showing and not telling. Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I really like that. I like that that switch over. So, um, bonus question for you: favorite favorite witch. So this is where this is this is where it gets interesting. So this is what I was talking about earlier, where I was trying to figure out um, who I am now as an adult. All right, and I do think it's between Winifred and. Mary, because they're a little more piss off at the world <laughs> than yeah. Sarah is. So, what, probably Winifred, just because she's just like, n- not to the degree of she hates everything, but I do hate people. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked, I loved Mary. She was, she was my favorite. She just, I, another thing I didn't notice that I watched it this time is there was this kind of weird thing where, like, so it seemed like sarah jessica parker's special powers that she could sing and like lure the kids in and then um mary so kathy najimi's power was that she could smell the kids out and then winifred was kind of like the ringleader she was the the brains behind the operation but yeah <clears throat> mine mine was uh kathy najimi but yeah they're all they're all entertaining um do you have anything down for soundtrack not really i i just put it's uh, it's a typical Disney original movie score where it's nothing they didn't go out of their way to make it a memorable score it's just a few times you'll hear somber themes in the background pretty much yeah I um, I also didn't have anything I, I'm i going to use the soundtrack time to promote uh, the city <laughs> of Salem SoundCloud? Oh, okay. yeah the city of Salem Mass and it's role in the, in the film and one thing I think is cool is like this movie's set in Salem, according to the script, but a lot of this was filmed, or most of this was filmed in Salem and the surrounding areas. And if you've never been to Salem, it's a it's a weird little city, man. If you if you if you're not from Massachusetts or New England, and I think I was trying to think of if I was watching this and I lived in like Nebraska, I would think it was total like BS that there'd be this old witch house that was within walking distance of like a Starbucks or like a local pizza place. And that is Salem. Salem's like, there's no, there's not the huge buffer zone between like the old witch village. Cause if you go to Salem, obviously not all of this is based on fact, but there is the, the witch trials are, are a very real thing there. And so you see like the, the crucible, you see all the names from the crucible, like John, whatever his name is, you see his marker stone, and then you walk 14 feet and you're at like a, a pizza hut or something. It's, it's so weird. But uh, Salem, Salem's great. It's, I used to 
have to drive down there during the fall, which was a nightmare. Yes. This time of year, it's this time of year, it's brutal. I used to teach at the House of Seven Gables classes to some students who live in that yep. area. And it's really cool, like you were saying. They really, <laughs> this is, Halloween is like the everything for Salem. It's when they get right. all their money flow. It's when they get all their tourists to come through. It's, it's a really cool time. But if you're driving through it, it's a nightmare. Yeah, but if you're if you're a, a Halloween person, if well, if you're a Halloween person or a horror movie person, I would say take the trip and go to go to Salem and spend like a long weekend there in October. If you're relatively close, you can go to Salem in June, and there's still people walking around giving witches tours. You can still take the Hocus Pocus tour where they show you like this is this is um, Max's house. This is you know whatever. So it's like an all year thing for them. Yeah. It's it's a very weird place, but it's a it's a cool cool place to visit. So um if you could change one thing for this, what would you what would you change? So this was a tough one for me thinking about. It's this film is far from perfect, but I also really couldn't think of anything that would actually improve the film at the same time. So it's the Halloween dance. It's doesn't the film doesn't add anything really. The witches appear there, but it doesn't really add anything to like the conflict, and it's just a, like a really weird setting to the point where like we have all these adult parents hanging like at a dance party, which and then in another cool. film be a be a high school dance party, yeah. but it's like a a really weird weird scene in the film. <laughs> I was wondering too, like as parents, what did they think their kids were doing? Because they were there all night. Like I understand your parents, you deserve to go out and have a have a dinner, go see a movie with your wife. That's fine, but they, they were there from say it started at seven they were there from 7 p.m till the next morning like who did you think (laughs) who did you think was watching your kids your kids by the way aren't 19 and 18 and they're being hunted down now by witches so if you're home that you might know that your son is coming up with a girl in his room right now it's just like (laughs) right and there was not like there was no background where he was like oh where's the babysitter like Jen or something. It's like, you didn't, there was nothing. You just left him with it, but whatever. So, uh, yeah, no, is it, are you, do you have anything else to say about that? Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. I, I didn't like that. I didn't like, I mean, as far as that scene goes, I didn't like the parents part of it. I also didn't like the, um, the, the them singing, but, but that's like the most remembered scene in the movie. So I feel like a grump saying I didn't, it's, it's just not my, it's just not my thing. But um, if I could change one thing, I have uh, the first thing is the bully characters. Um, they were a little over the top. When it was funny, I liked it. Like the, the first scene where he does like the whole like my name's Ice and stuff. It was so ridiculous that it was it was funny. But when it wasn't funny, like when they were robbing little kids of candy, and and the, I'm not saying that didn't bother me because. I was like offended or anything. I was just like, what 16 or 17 year old kid is robbing like eight year old girls for candy, <laughs> not for money or for whatever. Not that that would be okay, but like for candy, go and buy your own candy you loser. Like that. <clears throat> I didn't another, like them. Another scene too. Think about that. Made me laugh when Max goes to brings uh, Danny to Allison's party, not realizing who it was. There's a bowl of candy. And he's like, Oh, look at all. It's like, he's, he's more excited than she is. of this like giant bowl of candy. Yeah. He's like 16, 17 years old in high school. I, from that scene, um, when, uh, Allison's like me, so she just, she's meeting, um, 
Danny, the little sister, for the first time. She's like, I love your costume. And she says something about witches. And then Danny goes, I love your costume too. I can't wear that. I couldn't wear that yet because I don't have, what do you call it, Max? Yabos or something <laughs> yeah. like that? I was like, whoa, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> that is uncomfortable, but it's funny. So, um, and then the, the one thing I had that I just thought was weird was an inconsistency. So the whole movie and a lot of the comedy in the, in the film is derived from the, the witches getting transported, well, not transported, but they've been gone since the 1600s. Now they're in 1993 and they don't understand anything that's going on, right? And then randomly in the chase scene when <clears throat> Max leaves the witch's house towards the end, and he's driving that like Ford Explorer. Bette Midler pulls up next to Max driving away. And she's like, she asked him to see his driver's permit and says something about resisting arrest. And I was like, you didn't even know what a sprinkler system was in the beginning of the film. You don't understand that kids in Halloween costumes are, are still kids. Like, it just seemed lazy to me, like in the script. And, and the best learner. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It was just for for the. It wasn't. It was a lazy thing in the script for something that wasn't that funny. Like right. you know, they could have come up with two other, like a couple one-liners that didn't say that she knew. Like I, I don't know. That that worked a lot better and were more consistent with the rest of the film. So yeah, it just, that just stuck out to me. But. um all that said, so if you've listened to the podcast before, you know we rate movies on a scale of one to five. <clears throat> Would you mind paying a late fee to keep the film? So keep the movie. Score of one is you get two minutes into the film and you're like, I'm done. This is stupid. Um, I'm going to return it so I don't have to pay a late fee. So you drop it off at the Dropbox that night. All the way up to the score of five, which is you'll keep the movie a few days, pay late fees on it, maybe even buy it from the video store so you don't have to bring it back. Um, so Joe is my movie. So you go first on a scale of one to five. And, and what are your thoughts of uh, Hocus Pocus? So this is one of those movies where I watch every single year. I've already watched it, I think, three times this year. It's been twice on free form. I just happen to be, I'm like, whatever else. Just keep it on, watch it. I watch it again today. And it doesn't get old. It's a fun film. It's considered a classic amongst the 90s kids more than anyone else, I feel like. And it's, it gains a fan, it has a fan base from different generations because it's, it's constantly being streamed still. It's Disney Plus now. It's like I said, it's on free from all the time. But the film is far from perfect. <laughs> There's a lot of scenes that, a lot of scenes that just, in reality, if this was like a big blockbuster film, would be cut or edited or just scraped entirely. Characters would be re, you know, reassigned and so forth. So with that said, this is coming from someone who I do like it. I watch every single year, but I think it's a three. Okay, that's so. fair. Okay, I, I I know this is your pick, so I'm like I'm a, I was a little nervous of like oh, offending no. you with this. Okay, <laughs> no. First of all, don't ever hesitate to trash my picks, especially since I'm going to and I have picked some movies that I end up I either know going into it I'm not going to like it that much, or I or I find out after this. So yeah, don't worry about that. But so <clears throat> we've rewatched a handful of movies that were um, aimed at kids or you know stuff like that, and I think I definitely enjoyed this one the most out of all the f- movies that we've watched that were aimed at kids. So rewatching it, I, I was, I liked it more rewatching it than I thought I was going to do. The last time I saw this, it was actually at Chunky's. Was that with you or with Brie? It was with Brie. I can't. So. I, it might be with Brie. It might be with the, I don't know if I seen it. I don't know if I seen some Chunkies. So yeah, like, like you said, this is kind of a staple around this time of year, at least around, around us. So um, 
and it could be nostalgia because like I said, I grew up with it. Uh, but I did like the story. I still have a crush on Allison and I love, I love that it's a, it's, it's a local movie, but not set in Boston because the whole like Boston thing, I, I, I love some of my favorite movies are set in Boston. Don't get me wrong, but it just gets a little tired sometimes and overplayed. So um, if I had kids like you, and you said this kind of goes over generations. If I had kids, I would probably want to watch this over and over during October because it's significantly better than most movies aimed at kids, especially holiday movies. So like you said, very flawed for sure, but a fun way to spend 90 minutes. For me, it's a three and a half out of five. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. like you said, not perfect, but, but it's, it's 90 fun. minutes I'll, long. I'll it's entertaining. My, exactly. If it's not freeform again, I'll probably <laughs> say, I'll probably get my channel on it and watch it again. <laughs> so right. Like... Right. Yeah. And I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed rewatching it. So um, this beer, so season of the witch from true North is delicious. Very hazy um, IPA. So, if you have access to that, if you're in, well, wherever you are, if you can get it, I definitely recommend it this time of year. Um, in closing, you can follow us on Instagram, worth a late fee. Also on untapped, uh, worth a late fee to see what we're drinking uh, and what movies it might be paired with. Um, we're, we're still in our Halloween season. So Joe's up next. Um, but if you have a suggestion, send it to us on Instagram or uh, I guess you can't really send it to us on Untap, but send it to us on Instagram, and we'll we'll try to get it in the loop. But if we don't hear from you, Joe, what's the next? Uh, what's your next pick for Halloween movie? So last, my last pick, I revisited probably my favorite Kimmel Williamson written movie, The Faculty. Next week, I want to revisit his most well-known horror franchise with Scream. So from what you just said, are you going into this thinking that? Scream is going to be worse than The Faculty? No, I like The Faculty more, but I know it's a better film. I know people like it more. It's You know, I, you, you know Scream's be, a better film? Correctly, like, correct-wise, it's a better film. I haven't seen it in a little while, but I, Faculty's more just like a personal like favorite, from my, uh, favorite of mine, but correct probably between The Faculty and, the, and Scream. I'll probably <laughs> choose Scream every single time over The Faculty. When did Scream come out? Is it, I think 96. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, 96. So... I was 11 years old, and this is to give people an idea of how much of a baby I am. I have never seen Scream. I've seen I've seen yeah. parts of it. This might but... be good though, because this movie is very much has a ton of movie references. Movie references that you'll probably get now instead of and more than you would, you know, when you were younger. So this might be in your favor. Plus, maybe I'm I'm big and tough enough now that I can handle it. <laughs> 11. 11-year-old Eric wasn't ready. Maybe 35-year-old Eric. You really wanted to pick up a film called Rumpelstiltskin? <laughs> That's like no, the beginning no. here. But it's like an actual, from what I remember, an actual horror film. So like, I don't want to put Eric through the, the yeah, torture. Gotta be. I'm very gentle. I'm very sensitive. So, But other than that, thank you guys very much for listening. We'll be back next week with uh, Joe's pick, Scream. As always, guys, thank you.